That was so good. So good. I'm excited for like 9.25 when they come back up. We can keep worshiping. I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, I am excited, but I'm excited for the word as well. Uh, it's really good. It feels really good to be starting a new sermon series for the last four weeks. I've had to come in front of you and talk about sex, and that's not always the easiest thing to do, so I'm excited to uh, talk about some other things. So tonight we're going to be talking about following Jesus. So for the next three weeks, actually, this whole sermon series is about following Jesus. So the first week is tonight, and that's are all about abiding in Jesus. The next week, we're going to talk about abandoning our lives for Jesus. And then the third week, we're going to be really blessed to have two missionaries come here and speak to us and talk about our call to apostle for Jesus, which is bringing the gospel to unreached people groups, to places that the church isn't planted. And two missionaries, one of them is actually a good friend of mine, and he's a missionary to Turkey. And it's, in this, it's, in, it's actually in this area of Turkey where there's zero Christians. So he's, he's really doing it. He's really like living that life of, you know, trusting God without borders, like getting out of the boat and actually walking on the water. Like that's the, or that's the life he's living. So I'm excited for him to just impart to you guys what God is doing in Turkey. So another guy is from Cameroon and, or not from Cameroon, he's going to Cameroon and, and he is just burning for the gospel. He is, or, or right now he's raising financial support to go there. He's never been there yet, but they're raising support to go. So actually at the end of that service, we're going to take up an offering for both of them. So that's going to be March, I think, 24th. It's the last week of March. It's after spring break. Just want to encourage you guys to come ready to give. Uh, that's the only time we're doing it all year, so we don't ask for your money often. But I think it's important to bless our missionaries. So, yeah, so be ready for that. Bring your cash. Bring the checkbook. So, yeah, so that's going to be a great night. But tonight we're going to talk about just this idea of abiding in Jesus. And, and, and a story to kind of illustrate this point, or for my life, is uh, or so last year, my wife Emily went on this trip to Brazil, this study abroad trip. Uh, so she was a student at Carlson School of Management in the, or at the University of Minnesota in the Twin Cities. And one of the requirements there was that you go on a study abroad trip. And I was pretty frustrated because it was our second year of marriage. Didn't really want to go two weeks without her. But, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And so she went to Brazil. We found the shortest trip possible. And uh, so she went to Brazil for two weeks. But I tell you, that was two of the hardest weeks of my life because, you know, Emily is my best friend, uh, and we're newlyweds. Or at the, I mean, I, I guess we're still newlyweds. We're in the third year. Is that newlyweds? I don't know. So or at the time, we were, we were newlyweds. Uh, so, yeah, and the thing that stunk is we didn't really have a good form of communication. So we used the Messenger app on Facebook to text and then also to try to call. Don't ever call on the Messenger app. I don't know. Like, for us, it stunk. Like, like she'd say something, and I'd talk over her because it's so delayed. And we were just, like, talking over each other the whole time. It was really, really frustrating. And, and we had the option to do Skype, but I didn't have it on my computer. I don't think she had it on her. So we didn't really want to go through the pain of downloading it. So for the first week, we tried to tough it and do the audio calls on Messenger. And it was just terrible. Honestly, it was a really terrible week. Uh, and then the second week, though, we finally gave in and... Or, or downloaded Skype, and then or just every night we'd come together and talk on the video chat, and that really helped, uh, but it still didn't make it that easy, but it's, or it still helped because I could actually see her face, and I could talk to her, see her uh, expressions, we can actually talk and not be delayed, so it, it was a lot better that second week, and, and without that communication at all, like it would have been really hard to remain connected, and, and we would have grown increasingly frustrated over those two weeks, so we longed for the hour each night where we would do our video chat and be able to rekindle 
our connection and talk about our days. So I, or I think there's a spiritual truth to be extracted from this experience, something we all struggle with. Every single person in this room struggles with connecting to God, who at times seems distant. And maybe you're saying, that's not me, man. I'm always connected to God. No, you're not. There's, like, there's times in your life where you're feeling dry and feeling spiritually exhausted. It happens to everyone. So if you're a new Christian and you're feeling really good, you're riding your spiritual high, it will come down at some point. Like, there are times when we don't feel connected to God. And I think one of the biggest reasons for this is we don't actually use the communication tools that God has given us. So there's, or, or so we live our lives like Emily and I had to that first week when we didn't have the video chat or without a solid communication and connection. We choose not to take advantage of the tools that God has given us, which is mainly Bible reading and prayer. Then because we do not hear his voice or feel his presence, uh, or we become spiritually dry and easily exhausted. And we lose that excitement that each Thursday gives us as we come together with believers because we're excited. God moves. There's prophetic words. The worship's awesome. We're feeling good. We go to beat-ups. All of a sudden, going down, down. And then the next day, we don't spend time with God. And we kind of struggle throughout the week. We come to Chi Alpha, woo, feeling good, down, down, down. And it's because we're not using the communication tools that God gives us, which is Bible reading and prayer. It's not like we can only connect to God here at Chi Alpha or at church. Oftentimes, we attempt to live the Christian life disconnected from the source of Christian fruitfulness, which is Jesus himself. Jesus never intended for our relationship with him to be distant or dry. He intends for it to be vibrant, connected, and ultimately fruitful. He does not expect us to figure this out on our own or to live holy lives on our own, but provides us with a clear pathway to this relationship in the scriptures. So the way we connect with Jesus may be a little bit different for everybody, but I can tell you the two best ways are Bible reading and prayer. We cannot simply rely on corporate experiences like Chi Alpha or church to fuel us in our faith. We need to be disciplined in getting alone with God on our own. We need to figure out what works for us and get connected to Jesus. And the hardest part is making that decision to start. We just need to pick up the book and start reading it. There's so many times it's like, ah, you know, I kind of want to play Madden 16. That was me, I'm being honest. Sometimes it still is. I really just want to play Madden. But I tell you, every time I've opened up the book, I'm glad I did. There's never a time like, ah, oh, I just really wish I wouldn't have spent time reading the Bible today. <laughs> you know, I'm in Job right now. And I got to tell you, it's not that enjoyable, but I'm still glad I'm reading it because God is imparting himself into me, and it's, it just changes my entire day. So some of us have been following Jesus for, for a long time, but it seems like we've been drifting from this practice of abiding in Jesus daily. Then there's others of us who are new Christians. We're fired up. But I'm telling you, if you do not get disciplined in getting alone with God, that spiritual high will not last. And then there's others of us who do not have a relationship with Jesus at all. And I believe that tonight, God may do something supernatural in your heart and bring your dead heart to life and call you into this intimate relationship. No matter where each of us are in this room, we all need to be reminded that spending time with Jesus is the first key to following him. It is vital, or if we hope to, to remain connected with them and hope to grow in our faith. We cannot expect to have a relationship with someone that, or that we never talk to or we just talk to with other people. Think about that. Like, you know, if you just always talk to someone with other people, like there's always someone with you helping you out, 
That's not really a relationship. And sometimes we do that. We just come to stuff like this. We're like, okay, that's good for the week. We never talk to God on our own. So tonight, Jesus is going to call us into this intimate relationship of abiding with him. And that's going to be in John 15. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there. We're going to go right to the first verse, verses 1 through 11, John 15. This is my favorite chapter in the Bible. I love this passage. John 15 is a part of a series of teachings by Jesus called the Farewell Discourse, which is John 13 through 17. And in these teachings, Jesus is or is introducing some of the foundational principles for his followers and for the church, because this is his last teaching before he gets crucified. So he's saying, these things are vital for you to hold on to as you're trying to build the church, because the church, it was just him and a few disciples, and he's telling the disciples, you need to get these things if you want to build the church. And we saw, or the church spread through the Middle East and into Europe and now into North America, and now it's just rising up in South America and Asia and Africa, and I believe some of the biggest reasons for that is these teachings in John 13 through 17. If we hold on to these things, the church will grow. I truly believe that. So Jesus is saying these things are vitally important. And the author of this gospel, John, is, or is wanting us to pay, or pay special attention to these teachings and to allow them to guide us as we try to function as a Jesus-following community in a world that doesn't have Jesus in the flesh anymore but just the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's incredible. It's not just the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually said, it's to your advantage that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. But still without Jesus right here in the flesh, we need some instruction on how to do this thing. So in John 15, 1 through 11, Jesus talks about how we are called to abide, or another word for it is remain in him, even though he's physically absent from the world. So what does it mean to abide? Abiding with Jesus is all about staying connected to him in relationship, through devotion, prayer, trust, and obedience. To abide in Jesus means to keep his commandments, and keeping his commandments means to love God with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So, so abiding suggests that each of us are connected to Jesus, dependent upon him, and continuing in relationship with him. And one of the greatest ways to ensure that, or that we continue to abide in Jesus is through spending time with him daily through Bible reading, prayer, and worship. I believe each of us should have a, or each of us who are Christians should have a time set aside each day to spend with Jesus. To say, Jesus, you're the most important thing. Jesus, I'm giving you this hour. I'm focusing on you. God, rearrange my heart. God, remove the barriers in my heart. Soften my heart. I'm getting hard-hearted. Lord, help me. Soften my heart. We need that time each day. So in John 15, Jesus is instructing his disciples to abide in him after he leaves earth so that they can continue to follow him when the Holy Spirit becomes in charge. So John 15, 1 through 11, let's read it. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So Jesus is drawing a picture to illustrate an important point, the father is the vine dresser or gardener. Jesus is the vine. The branches are Jesus' followers. And the fruit is the life of the followers or the good works and growth of the followers. Jesus is saying that every branch or every follower that does not become more like Jesus and live lives of loving God and people, the father will take away. 
This doesn't mean that your good works get you into heaven, but it means that the grace of God hasn't truly permeated your life if you're not bearing good fruit. And we're never supposed to judge certain people, but if you are in relationship with Jesus, if you put your faith in him, there will be transformation to an extent. Like, it takes time sometimes, or sometimes there's, it's this journey. Like, it's not like you're perfect as soon as you get saved. But good fruit should start to blossom because you're connected to the vine. And every follower that does bear fruit and become more like Jesus, the Father prunes so that they can bear more fruit. The Father comes and helps you along the way. It's not like you have to bear fruit on your own. Like, you're connected to Jesus, and the Father's pruning you. He prunes the branches that bear fruit so that they can have maximum fruitfulness and become most like Jesus. Christian growth never comes through natural means, but by the synergy of the Father pruning, by Jesus connecting to us, and by the follower staying connected to Jesus. It's a synergy. Verse three, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. So he's saying, continue in a daily personal relationship with me through trust, prayer, devotion, obedience. He says, or he says, you cannot hope to live the Christian life or bear fruit without staying connected to me. Verse five, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, It's he that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. If we're not spending time with Jesus in a daily, intimate relationship, then we will not grow spiritually. Relationships can only grow and prosper under this umbrella of time spent together, extravagant time spent together, actually. Jesus is saying, if you want to grow, then you need to get with me. You need to spend time with me. Or it's not about just mustering up enough effort to get past these sins. He says, just rest in me and I'll help you along the way. But if you're not resting in Jesus, you will not grow. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, then he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered thrown into the fire, and burned. Jesus is not saying that you have to earn your salvation, but, or, but, or, but what he is saying is that if you don't continue in daily relationship with him, it's going to be very hard to stay connected to Jesus and to have your faith continue to be put in him. Just think about it. If you never spend time with Jesus, if you just call yourself a Christian, you put it on Facebook, I'm a Christian, but you never spend time with Jesus, you never come to corporate gatherings, eventually you're going to fall away. You're not going to be a Christian in a few years. I promise you. You have to continue to abide in him. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What a promise. If you spend time with Jesus and grow in relationship with him, then you'll become so or so much like him that you start to pray for things that are in his mind and heart. You start to pray for things that, he'll, or that God will answer because, because you're starting to pray for things in the will of God. Like your heart is so much like Jesus is that, or that you're praying for things and God is just answering because he's saying, yes, it's in my will. Yeah, that's in my will. Let's go. But we need to spend time with him. Verse eight, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, verse 11, I want you to get this. This is probably the most important verse of the night. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is about our joy. God's not after just trying to get you to obey him because he just wants you to obey for no reason. It leads to joy. God's commandments lead to joy. Jesus doesn't tell us these things to spoil our fun. He's telling us because they lead to joy. Is life. Jesus said he came so that each of us may have life and have it abundantly. Come on, why would we not want to abide in Jesus? So the main point tonight is this. We need to abide in Jesus because he is the point of everything. And without a daily, intimate relationship with Jesus, we miss the point of life entirely. If you get one thing, I want you to get that. But now we're going to just unpack this point into two points. So the first point, unpacking the main point, is this. We need to abide in Jesus in order to grow in our faith, become the person that God created us to be. And we see this in verses 1 through 8. So we need to abide in Jesus in order to bear fruit. So what does Jesus mean by fruit? Bearing spiritual fruit means that you become more like Jesus. And in Galatians, the Apostle Paul talks about these nine fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit that Jesus is talking about in John 15 would include these fruit, but also other fruit. So let's read Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, so this is what Jesus is saying. If you abide in me, you should start to see these things in your life. It's love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Come on, somebody. Gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So these fruit are all characteristics of Jesus. So, you know, when we're bearing fruit, we're becoming like Jesus. And it would also include things like victory over sin, purity, boldness in sharing your faith with your friends. These are the fruit that Jesus is talking about. And he's saying, if you don't abide in me, you will not bear fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's read that verse 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. And neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is calling us to abide in him. We cannot possibly become like him or if we're not hanging out with him. We cannot muster up enough effort on our own to be like Jesus. He's God, and we're all sinful. We're born with dark hearts. We cannot just pull up our bootstraps and say, I'm going to obey Jesus today. It comes from a relationship. It comes from resting in Jesus, the source of fruitfulness. Think of a branch disconnected from a tree trying to bear fruit. Just think of a branch on the ground here just trying to bear fruit. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. How silly is that? A branch, like all of a sudden an apple just pops up on a branch that's on the ground. That doesn't happen. Why then do we try to bear fruit without being connected to Jesus? It's silly. We look ridiculous. Just like I did a couple seconds ago. (laughs) If the branch is not connected to the vine, it cannot bear fruit. If we're not connected to Jesus in an intimate relationship, then we cannot become more like him and get past the things that hold us back in our faith. We will continue to be frustrated, exhausted, and held down by our sin. Jesus is clear. If we hope to defeat the sin in our lives and live lives of good works and become more like him, then we need 
to spend time with him daily. We need to read his word. We need to pray. We need to worship him through song and lifestyle. And we need to spend time with other believers, which we're doing tonight. And we need to serve other people. Those are all products of abiding in Jesus. Like those are ways to abide in Jesus. The only way... The only way we can become the person who God intends us to be is by being with Jesus. So throw this up on the screen. Before we can ever hope to do anything for Jesus, we have to learn to be with Jesus. We cannot rely on Chi Alpha or church to fuel our spirituality and passion for him. Although that's important, and I want you here. I'm always excited when you're here. I'm sad when you're not. Get to Chi Alpha. I love it. But God is saying we also need to spend alone time with him. We cannot possibly bear fruit and become more like God if we're, not, if we're not reading his words and praying. We will not defeat the sin in our lives, and we will not become more like Jesus without being with him. And the beautiful thing is that if we abide in Jesus, if we get with him daily and stay connected to him throughout the day, then we can, be, or then we can become more like him. We can defeat sin. We can share the gospel with our friends. We can bear fruit. And we don't really have to do that much work because it's just like a branch being connected to the vine. Is the branch doing a lot of work? No, it's just hanging out. Fruit. <laughs> Seriously. It's not doing any work. The vine is doing the work. Connect yourself to Jesus. But it starts, or it starts with getting alone with him. And it starts with surrendering to him. We talked about that earlier. Surrendering to him. And not trying to take it back after we surrender. No, give it to him. Allow him to have authority in your life. Read his word, pray, surrender to him. Verse seven reveals something beautiful that happens when we abide in Jesus. And I kind of alluded to this, but let's read it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So when, or so when we abide in Jesus through or set aside time of focused Bible reading and prayer and throughout the day, you know, just praying in our car, whatever, then we get to a point where we get the heart of God in us. And that's the point. That's the point of it all, to get the heart of God in us. Our mind becomes like Jesus' mind. We begin to ask for things that he wants to do. We begin to ask for things that are in his will. That's such intimacy. I want that with Jesus. Where anything I ask for, it just gets answered because I have the heart of God. I want that. I'm not there yet. There's lots of prayers. He says, nope, that's selfish. Lots of prayers. So I'm not there, but I want to get there. A couple weeks ago, Josh and Jake Hans and I had a conversation about this principle of abiding with Jesus. We talked about how or it includes both personal time with Jesus and also time in corporate gatherings like this. I think it's safe to say that most of us in here are pretty good at the corporate side of this, like doing it with other believers because you're here. I mean, you're here, so you're probably good at that. But I think we all struggle a bit with getting alone with him on our own. So Josh and Jake, who are like fitness majors, like what's your major exactly? <laughs> something with fitness, something with fitness. Of course, this is where we went with it, fitness and nutrition. So we came up with this analogy. So in order to be physically fit to your fullest potential, you need to both exercise and eat right. Exercising without eating right, which is me, or vice versa will give you some gains, but you will not get to your fullest potential. The same thing applies in our faith, and I think I put a slide up here for this. In order to grow to our fullest potential with Jesus, we need to both be a part of a body of believers, and we need to spend alone time with him. 
So most of us are good at being a part of a body or believers, or maybe you're good at the other one. And we can equate being with the body of believers as, or as exercising, like I'm decent at. So most of us are good at this part. However, we're not good at actually getting the right nutrition, which is through spending time with God alone. We try to do one, with, or try to do one without the other. We will only be able to go so far in bearing spiritual fruit if we just attend Chi Alpha or church. We need to get alone with Jesus. It's like exercising and not eating right and then wondering why you're not losing weight or wondering why you're not getting huge. I'm still wondering, why am I not huge, Josh? Come on. <laughs> we cannot do this thing without spending time with Jesus. Some of you are exhausted spiritually. You're feeling dry. You're struggling with temptation like never before. You just can't seem to have victory. I can almost guarantee that this is a result of not abiding with Jesus and set aside time and throughout the day. You cannot expect to grow spiritually if you're just attending a worship gathering once a week. You need to spend time reading your Bible and praying. Get some worship music on your phone and worship Jesus throughout the week. You don't have to just do it here. Do it every day. That's all I pretty much listen to because I just I love worshiping Jesus. Let's just do that. Like have your other stuff too. I have some, or some other stuff, but you're just getting that. But to be honest, every time I put it on, it's like two minutes. I'm like, change the channel. I'm back to worship music because it just fills me with so much joy. In Christianity, we have to be with Jesus before we can hope to do things for Jesus. We have to be with Jesus before we can hope to become like Jesus. So abiding in Jesus is not only about becoming someone who can bear fruit or someone who's like Jesus in our actions. It's also about transforming our affections. It's about deepening our joy in God. So this is the second point. We need to abide in Jesus. Go to the next one. So we need to abide in Jesus in order to have the joy that God has promised us. If we hope to have the joy that Jesus promises, then we need to be spending time with him. John 15, 9 through 11 says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, once again, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus doesn't ask us to spend time with him to earn divine brownie points. Seriously, that's why we do it, don't we? Like a lot of us, we're like trying to check off a box. Oh, today I read Job, that's really spiritual. I did not want to read Job, but I did, and Jesus loves me again. <laughs> Jesus doesn't ask us to spend time with him to fulfill this religious obligation. He, does, or he doesn't ask us to abide in him so he can love us. He already loves us no matter what we do. The only, way, the only way we can get to God is through his sacrificial death and his love, not through our spending time with him. That's not going to earn us his love. But he asks us to, to abide in him so that his joy will be in us. We need to stop viewing time with God as a religious obligation that earns us divine brownie points. We need to abide in Jesus so that the joy of the Lord can be our strength. When the joy of the Lord fills us, it's no longer a drag to obey him. We can obey him with gladness and sincere hearts. Then when we keep his commandments, we will be filled with God's love. We'll live our lives the way that they were meant to be lived. Psalm 1611 says this. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures 
forevermore. In God's presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Stop viewing the Bible as this obligation to earn you God's love. You're not going to be any more loved after you, or after you read it than before you were. You're infinitely loved. Infinitely loved. But if you do not spend time with Jesus, then you're going to struggle. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be joyless. When we get with God, his joy is downloaded into us. It's only for our benefit. We will be filled with joy. We'll have victory over sin. And we'll be connected to Jesus, the most important thing of all. What better way to live our lives? We need to make this a priority. We need to set aside time to spend with God each and every day. We need to constantly depend on Jesus. We need to pray throughout our days. We need to consider in each situation, like, like we need to not view our lives as this pie chart where Jesus gets this little part and then the rest of life is this. No, we need to enter into each situation and say, Jesus, what would you do here? Jesus, guide me. It's like an ongoing conversation. It's not just Jesus gets the Kai Alpha part of my life. And even if you are reading your Bible, like he gets that four minutes in the morning before class because I woke up late. No, Jesus gets the whole pie. He gets everything. And we need to have that mindset. That's what it means to abide in Jesus. It is, or it is the alone time, but, it, but really it's just being connected to him and continuing with him all day long. We need to get this. And when we do, we'll be filled with overwhelming joy and peace. It is the best way to live. So a couple weeks ago, back to Josh and Jake, they came to me, and this is where this whole conversation came out of. It was after a small group, and they just, you know, confessed some things to me and just said, you know, like, like, hey, or asked them, so I asked them before if I could share this. I'm not, like, revealing their stuff. So they just said they were struggling in their faith. You know, both of them just got saved radically last semester. Both were, you know, on drugs and other things, and God just came in and changed their hearts in an instant. It was incredible. One of the most incredible things I've ever seen. But, or with, or, but the thing is, is, they kind of tried to just like ride that spiritual high as long as they could. And then they got to winter, which winter stinks anyway, so it's hard to stay excited in the winter. But they got to like December and they started struggling with some old sins again. Some old struggles were coming back up. So they confessed these things to me after a small group. I just asked them, I said, guys, where's your personal devotional life with God? And both of them said it's non-existent. They weren't spending time with God. So we all three agreed, hey, let's read one chapter a day. Let's keep it simple. It doesn't have to be this big elaborate plan. Just read a chapter a day from the New Testament, and let's spend some time in prayer and worship. So they agreed to this, and the change has been radical, almost as radical as the, like, the initial change that happened. When I talked to them that night, both of them were just kind of like, like hard-hearted. They just were kind of like exhausted. They just felt overwhelmed by temptation. But if you talk to them, just talk to them after service because they can share way better than I can. But they're reading their Bible every single day. Like you can even look at their journal. They got it every day. They're reading it, and they're filled with so much joy. God's speaking stuff to them, and they're feeling the joy of the Lord. But it started with getting alone with God. And now they're bearing fruit, and they're joyful. It's a win-win. But, but here's the thing. You guys weren't alone. You're not alone. There's a lot of us in this room. There's small group leaders. There's maybe staff even. There's people in this room who are not abiding in Jesus, and you're trying to fake it. Why do we fake it? Why do we put on this act? Say, I'm good. 
Let's be real. We're exhausted. We're trying to do this life with Jesus on our own without actually being connected to him. We're putting other things before him. We're trying to grow this ministry without being connected to Jesus. I tell you, when this, or when each of us collectively get connected to the source, this thing's gonna blow up, I'm telling you. Because all of a sudden, it's easy to bear fruit. We're filled with the joy of the Lord. People can see it on us. I wanna challenge everyone in this room. If you're new or been here forever, I don't care. Some of you have been here for like six years. It's, this is for you too. Charlie, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's only been here for five. But so here's the thing. Brandon Levad from back in the day is here tonight. Hey, Brandon's the guy in the blue shirt. This guy was in Kyle for like four years ago. Let's give him a, a round of applause. So, so the point I was making before I got on that tangent is this is for everyone. This is for everyone in this room. No one's exempt, including myself. God is calling us to get with him, get alone with him. I don't care who you are. All of us need to do this. We need to abide in him, whether it's spending that alone time with him that, or that each of us need to get, or maybe you're doing that, but then you're just forgetting about God the rest of the day. We need to get ourselves connected to the source. We, we cannot be cannot be like a branch broken off from the tree trying to bear fruit. That's ridiculous. We cannot be that branch. So here's three practical application points for us. So I want to give you guys the same challenge I gave Josh and Jake. I think it'll transform your life. I truly believe this. Keep it simple. I don't care where you're at in your faith. If you're struggling to abide in Jesus, just keep it simple. Read one chapter of scripture each day, and I encourage you to start with the New Testament. The Old Testament is great, and I want you to get there, but if you're struggling to abide in Jesus at all, keep it simple at first. It doesn't have to be this big pressure, this big weight of all these things I need to do. Just read one chapter of Scripture each day and start with the New Testament. Throw up the other there. So the Gospel of John is a great place to start if you're wondering where to start. It's the fourth book of the New Testament. It's actually the one we're in tonight, but it's an incredible book. I encourage you to start there. It's kind of like Christianity 101. And use soap. So soap is this thing I talked about, I think it was like about a month ago. It's this journal or this journaling technique where like you're reading through. So let's say you're reading John chapter 1. And you see this scripture verse that sticks out to you. Then you write it down next to S. Okay, so the scripture. Like you write that down. So John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So, or so you write that down. And then you put an observation. You can say, in the beginning was the word, which is Jesus. That's pretty cool. And then... Application, which this one's hard to apply, but <laughs> I'm not going to try to apply it right now. But so application, you apply it to your life, and then you pray over it, okay? And it's simple. Like you just do that with one verse each day. If you read one chapter and write just one scripture down for soap, it's going to take you like 15 minutes, which I encourage you to go longer, but that's really a simple place to start. So the second thing I want you to do is this. Take 10 minutes to pray intentionally and set apart time and then also pray during your commutes. So I encourage you to balance your prayers. Like so many times we bring a list to God and we're like, God, answer this prayer, answer this prayer, answer this prayer. You know, mama's sick. Uh, just like random stuff. Oh, I'm struggling in class. Just all these things, all about me, 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 me. But prayer is not about us. Prayer is about God. Or how does it start when Jesus says the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and, you, and your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. It's about God, not about us. So yes, request things. Encourage you to pray for things. See God move in your life. See him answer these prayers. But spend time just worshiping him, just praising him for who he is, saying, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Encourage you to pray that way. And the third thing is this. And this is a more modern thing. Like they didn't really have this on their phones back when the Bible was written. But I encourage you, since we have it, download and listen to worship music. And I threw a bunch of bands up here. So if you have no idea what we're singing on Thursday nights, here's some bands, okay? If you, if you don't know who these are, I encourage you to write these down. Go to, you know, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Download these guys. Hillsong United, Hillsong Worship, Hillsong Young and Free. Like what a sweet church. Honestly, three like incredible worship bands. Bethel Music, Jesus Culture. Just start to listen to the stuff. I'm telling you, it will help you to abide in Jesus. We're so lucky to live in this century and to have these opportunities to listen to this incredible worship music on our devices. Take advantage of it. Don't be listening to the junk. Don't be listening to the junk. Listen to stuff that honors God and points your heart towards him. I promise you, if you intentionally do these things, then you will notice a difference. And remember, you're not doing these things to earn God's love. You're doing these things because it's a joy and a privilege. If you abide in Jesus daily, then you will notice transformation, increase spiritual fruit, and you'll be filled with joy. You cannot simply rely on Chi Alpha to fuel your spirituality. We can't just exercise. We need to eat right as well. The worship and prayer team would come up. So the main point was this. We need to abide in Jesus because he is the point of everything. Without a daily, intimate relationship with Jesus, then we miss the point of life entirely. I was requesting a song. Uh, so everyone is at different places in their journey tonight. So some of us have been following Jesus for a while, and we need to be, be, or be reminded to spend time with him. We need to be reminded to abide in him. You've been spiritually exhausted and dry in your faith. The key to, to reigniting your faith is to get back to Jesus. He's the one who saved you. He's the one who's going to sustain you. He's your source. Get back to Jesus. Get alone with him. Don't be that branch on the ground trying to bear fruit disconnected from the vine. Don't be the Christian who doesn't even know Jesus. Get with Jesus. God wants you to dive deep with him. And he wants you to read his word. He wants you to spend time talking to him. And he wants you to worship him, to depend on him each and every moment, to ask his advice in every moment. Say, God, what would you do here? God, lead me. God, guide me. Help me to abide in you. Speak to me. Jesus, lead me. I want to honor you in every area of my life. There's no part of my life that's off limits for you because you're my source and you're my king. I love you, Jesus. There's no area off limits for Jesus. The Jesus follower that doesn't give Jesus every area of their lives is not a Jesus follower, okay? It's all or nothing. I firmly believe that. And Jesus called the first disciples to follow him. They left everything. As that song said earlier, they trusted without borders. There was nothing off limits to God. And some of you, like you've called yourself a Christian. I'm just gonna be honest. You've called yourself a Christian for your whole life maybe. And you've never really trusted in God. 
You've never given him your whole heart. Tonight's the night. Stop faking it. That's stupid. God knows everything about you. Stop giving him 54%. Give him all of it. Give him your whole life. Give him your heart. It's only for your joy. He says, I tell you these things so that your joy may be full. Some of us who have recently accepted Jesus and we've been on a spiritual high, but let Josh and Jake be a warning to you. You cannot sustain spiritual passion from Chi Alpha services or church events. You need to get with Jesus alone if you want to grow. And you need to let Jesus fill you up so much that you're just overflowing. You're just filled with his love and you're overflowing to your friends. You're reaching your friends because Jesus is just pouring out of you. You can't get that way, though, if you're not spending alone time with him. And there's still others of us. Like when I just talked about, like you've called yourself a Christian and you've never really gotten it, or maybe you've never called yourself a Christian and tonight God wants to save you. Tonight you just need to know that Jesus came to this earth. He lived the perfect life that, or that you could never live, died to death that you should have died, and rose from the dead so that you could live. He paid our penalty by dying on the cross. And each of us have sinned and deserve the penalty that he paid. But Jesus, being infinite in love, stood in our place. He stood in our place. He bore the wrath of God for us. Let's, let's not let that just bounce, off our, just bounce off our mind or go into one ear and out the other. Jesus stood in your place. He bore the wrath of his Father because God is a just judge. In each sin, there's a penalty, and that penalty is death. So Jesus stood in front of the wrath of God for us, and he bore that wrath so that each of us could live. John 1.12 says this. I read this on Tuesday, and it just absolutely rocked me. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus came and died so that you could have the right to become a child of God. That's no small thing. That's no small thing. None of us have the right to be a children of, or child of God. It actually says we're born children of wrath. That's how we're born. But Jesus stood in our place and gave us the right to become children of God. And how ridiculous is it that there's those of us who have tasted that goodness and that love and then we run from the source himself. We don't spend time with him. We don't have a relationship with him. We just pray a prayer and say, I'm good. I'm gonna do my thing now. How ridiculous is that? Jesus didn't die for you or, or, or so that you could get, get out of hell free card and just live your life however you want. He died for you because he loves you so much that he wants a relationship with you and he wants you to call you his child. Jesus came and died so that you and I could become children of God. And we only have one life to live. We can't miss the point. We were created to worship Jesus. We were created to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Before we can ever hope to abide in Jesus, we need to put our faith in his death on the cross. If you guys would stand with me. This message is for everyone.
all of us, I believe, need to respond tonight, including myself. No matter how far along we are on our journey, none of us are at the place where we no longer need to abide in Jesus. We need to read his word daily so we can grow into the image of Jesus. We need to communicate with God so he can download his heart into ours. We need to worship Jesus because that's what we were made for. If you're wondering what the point of life is, it's to worship God, be satisfied in him. That's the point of life. You, you can try all these other things, but they're going to fail you. The point of life is to be in relationship with God who loves you so much that he created you. And then when you rebelled, he died for you. Come on. That's off the charts. We don't have to live in our sin or live with spiritual dryness or exhaustion. Jesus simply says, come to me, all you who are burdened and weary, and I will give you rest. He just says, connect yourself to the vine. And I believe when a group of people begin to connect themselves to Jesus through devotion and time spent with him, that it will shake nations it will shake our campus. It will shake our campus. There's two ways to respond tonight, as every week. If you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes, it's just between us and God. If you're a Christian, but you've neglected the call to abide in Jesus, tonight you want to just, re, just remake that commitment again to abide in him. I just want you to raise your hand. It's just between you and God. Hands going up all across the room. Let's make a decision that, that we're going to rely and surrender to Jesus. Put those hands down. The second one, the second question is for those of you who are not Christians. And I want to say this. If you have put your faith in God, or if you have trusted in Jesus' sacrifice before, you don't need to raise your hand every week. Like, you don't need to do that because, because Jesus died for you so much so that in our relationship with him, we can kind of struggle, but he still died for you. So, like, if you prayed this prayer before, you don't need to raise your hand again because God loves you so much that he loves you even after you prayed the prayer and you continue to struggle. Like, if, like if you feel like, like that wasn't genuine, then go ahead and raise your hand again. But I just wanted to encourage you guys with that. So tonight, if you want to put your faith in Jesus for the very first time, or you feel like you need to make a recommitment to him, no matter who you are, put your hand up now. See that hand? Is there any other hands in this room? See that hand? Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Wow. The crazy thing right now is that heaven is erupting with joy. When one person puts their faith in God, heaven erupts. heaven erupts with joy. This is not just a simple prayer to pray. This is life-changing. This is forever. So I'm just going to pray for those who raise their hand to be saved, and then we'll pray for the rest of us. Jesus, we thank you that you came and died on the cross for us. We thank you that through your death and resurrection, you defeated death, sin, hell, and the grave, and we can stand right before you God, we thank you that you gave us the right to become children of God. And God, we just say tonight, we accept that sacrifice. 
God, we accept the penalty that you paid and we trust you with our lives, not just part of it, our whole lives. And we wanna be your son or daughter. And for the rest of us, Lord, Christians, staff, small group leaders, first time attenders, everyone that raised their hand, we're all in different places, but God, we're saying we need to connect ourselves to you. God, help us to get back to that place, to do it joyfully, not out of duty or obligation, but because it's for our joy. Jesus, we want to abide in you. And God, we want to watch you just work wonders in our lives as we just rest in you and let you do the work. As the vine beautifully produces fruit through the branch, as the branch doesn't do anything, just rests in the vine.